Thanks for downloading this episode of Cork Talk with me, Tim Atkin. A weekly conversation with some of the most famous people in the world of wine. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Nomacork by Vinventions. Driven by a commitment to innovation, the new plant-based Nomacork Green Line offers significant improvements in wine closure performance. Thanks to a rigorous oxygen ingress rate, you can decide which cork is best for your wine, whether it's for young and fresh wines or for those with ageing potential. Pablo Alvarez was still in his 20s when he was given the responsibility of running Vega Sicilia, one of Spain's greatest wineries. Over the last 40 years, he's taken it to even greater heights. Listen to us chat about how you go about improving an icon, the secret of Vega's extraordinary ageing potential, why Pablo decided to invest in other regions outside Ribera del Duero, and the challenges of running a family business. Hi, Pablo, how are you? Hi, Tim. Fine, and you? I'm really well, thank you. Lovely to talk to you. Um, where are you? You're at Vega, aren't you? I am in Vega, yes. Today is Saturday, but uh, I am in, in the office today, so I am working in Vega. You never stop working. I know that you work Sundays as well, yeah? Uh, normally, no. <laughs> but, uh, sometimes yes I must. and you and you're soon about to you travel a lot you're about to go to burgundy soon i think yes i will be next week uh, to burgundy because i have the event of the chevalier of testevino ah very prestigious yes <laughs> it's nice All, always is very nice to visit burgundy no? yeah and you get to drink some good burgundies that's always nice. yes i hope I want to ask you a little bit about your background because you weren't born into a wine family. You were born in Bilbao. I just wonder, was wine part of your life growing up? Were your parents wine drinkers? Uh, well, my father was. Uh, he likes he likes so much the wines, and he bring he he give to us in some special days from we are very young, no. But. Uh, this is my only one relation with the wine world uh, before we bought Vega Sicilia. So, but we we drink wine very well. And and good food because the Basque country is very famous for food. Yes, uh, I think that the the great cuisines in the world don't start in in the restaurant; they start at home. Yeah, there are one culture, no, and the the Pais Basque, mm. the product are very good, the fish, the beef, the vegetables. Mm. It's something that you learn uh, at home when you are very young. I say, so your, your, mo- your mother was a good cook? Yes. My yeah. mother was a very, co- very good uh, cooking. Yeah. And uh, I, well, I learned of her, no? And mm. uh, it's very, I like so much. I read somewhere you wanted to be a nuclear scientist uh, when you were a child, but you studied you studied law at university. Did, did you, were you ever a lawyer? Did you practice as a lawyer? Uh, no, I study lawyer. Well, it's true that when I was young, I would like to be nuclear, but, but I, I I think that the, in that moment I don't know what is happened. What what is the what is that? No. But uh, well, at the end, I studied lawyer in uh, in Bilbao and in Madrid, and uh, but I never uh, work like a lawyer. As a lawyer, 
I mean, you went to work for Grupo Eulen, which is one of your father's companies, his original company from 1980 onwards. I mean, what were you doing for them? Were, were, you, were you in and around agriculture and things like that? You were in Cebreros, I think, when your dad bought Vega, right? Yes, because in 1982, when we bought uh, Vega Sicilia, my father bought a big farmer uh, close to Madrid, mm. just one hour from Madrid, a big uh, farmer of 2,000 hectares, where are uh, uh, a big building of that uh, was made by Herrera, the, the same architect that designed the Escorial. Wow. Yes, yeah. it's a very, very big house. And my father put me there to work, to renovate everything, the, the farmer. And I was one year uh, working in, in that. No? And Cebreros is quite isolated, isn't it, as yes. a place? <laughs> it's very close to Cebreros. Mm. And uh, after many years, we are making now a new project in this farmer mm. to, be, to have one hotel, one luxury five-stars hotel in in this building no? so you still own it yeah the place yes. yeah yeah and, and, i mean what, what why did your father buy vega sicilia did, did he know the wine already you said he was a bit of a wine drinker well the the first uh, there was one friend that was friend of my father mm. a friend of miguel neumann that, mm. that moment uh, the owner was miguel neumann the, the son of hans neumann no and uh, Miguel Neumann wa wa wants to sail Vega Sicilia and they ask to my father if uh, he can find somebody outside from Spain mm. that was interested in to buy Vega Sicilia. So this is the first contact. At the end, uh, some months later, my father uh, found uh, one company in, in England mm and another one in Switzerland that they want to buy. And the, the day that the, he has a meeting with uh, Miguel Neumann, uh, suddenly my father asked him, why you don't sell Vega Sicilia to me? And this was the beginning. And after some months, they decide to sell to my father. This is the history. Because Hans Neumann was from Venezuela, was he? Yes, well, really, he was from uh, from Europe, mm. from Central Europe, and it's a family that in the beginning of Hitler period, mm. they emigrate to Venezuela. Uh, okay. And he, he has a big, big company in Venezuela. Uh, he was a very rich man, and uh, but originally are, they are from Europe. And how long had he had had uh, Vega? They bought in uh, 1964 and uh, until 1982. Okay, so nearly 20 years. Yes, yeah. but uh, they they was not they are they was coming here one time per year in the summer. Okay. Yeah. So they was not uh, very involved in, in the business. No. And, and, and did did your father knew Vega? Did he knew of Vega? But he'd not yes. been there before. See, he knows Vega. Well, Vega was a famous wine in Spain, no? Uh, not like now, but uh, in that moment was considered one of the iconic wines and strange wines and rare wines in Spain, no? Can you tell us a little bit about its history? Because it's very interesting. It was founded 
1864 by Eloy Lacanda, who's a really interesting person, wasn't he? I mean, just tell us a little bit about Eloy and, and then, because he went bankrupt and then it had various owners. How many? Tell us how many owners it's had, a little bit about the history of Vega. Yes, Eloy, Eloy Lacanda, I think that uh, is the more important man in the history of Vega Sicilia mm. because he found Vega Sicilia, he put the philosophy that still we continue, no? that is to try to produce the best wine is possible in every every year, no? And uh, so he is uh, the base of Vega Sicilia. Uh, he created, he was owner until 90, in 1901, changed the property to Herrero's brothers. Mm. They have another 50 years more. Mm. So we are the four family owner of the company. Yeah. And uh, but Eloy was a very clear man. They traveled for all the world. They went in to Philadelphia in in 1876 to the Universal Exposition. That wow! In that time, to travel to Philadelphia must be very difficult. Yeah, very by boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 he was the person who brought French grapes to Vega, wasn't he? And and yes. to what is now Ribera del Duero. What did he bring? He, uh, even I think that we have still the, the invoice of the, of the nursery in Montpellier where he bought the French varieties. He traveled so much and I, I am sure that he knows the French wines no, very well. And this is the reason why he decided to, to bring here the French varieties. He brought many, many different uh, we have one very old parcel where we have 27 varieties, different varieties that he brought. But today we only have the Cabernet Sauvignon and the Merlot. But I think you said in the 27 varieties, there are some that you don't know the identity. Isn't that right? Uh, we know we made one study four years ago about the ADN of, of uh, everyone. So we identify everyone we only have two 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 vines that we don't know the variety don't exist in the world well wow. it's unique and we are making one study just to know if it's only one variety that exists here yeah, yeah. i mean your father bought vega this famous place the fourth family to own it in 82 and there was a lot happening then because the the, the denominacion de origen the, the the appellation if you like of ribera was created at the same time. Was it always certain that, that you would join the Denominación or, or did you think, well, I'm not sure it could be a risk? See, we, um, we thought we was not sure, no, because in that moment, uh, you must think that the, in, in, the, in the Dio Rivera del Duero, there was 14 wineries yeah. in that moment. Mm. And, uh, and now it's what, 320 or something? 107 yeah. or 310 yeah. today, yeah. no? Yeah. And in that moment, uh, if we say that we don't want to stay in the Ribera del Duero, mm. the, the Ribera del Duero was finished in Peñafiel, 15 mm. kilometers from here. Oh, it wouldn't have got to where Vega is. They'd have stopped the, the, the appellation. Yes. Yeah. See, so, like, at the end, we have many... Well, many discussion about the decision. 
we have many political pressures and uh, well at the end we decide and they promise that we will have in the future one DO for us yeah. inside the DO of Rivera del Duero. Like you know, the political promise very much, but at the end, they don't make it. <laughs> it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, this is the history yeah. about the, that we are. And when your father bought it, you were living in Cebreros, right? I mean, you were in your late 20s in 1982, but by 1986, you were general manager. So what happened between 82 and 86? How did you become the member of the family that took over? Uh, well, Vega? I, I um, start to to come here to Vega Sicilia mm. in 1983. Mm. In the beginning, I, I was coming one day per week, after two days per week, mm. Always I stay here with uh, with Jesus Anadon. He was the estate manager, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes, he was yeah. everything. He was the the general manager, the technical director. He was everything yeah. of many years ago. No? Because and was Mariano, Mariano Garcia there, the winemaker? He was there as well. Mariano Garcia, yeah. in that moment, was working in the winery yeah. because uh, Jesus Anadon put him in the winery because he born in Vega Sicilia. He was the son of the shepherd, wasn't he? Uh, he was the son of uh, the account uh, man. Oh, so Vegas. not the shepherd. I, I'd heard he was yes. there. <laughs> okay. So, and, and so you started going in 83, and then what happened? How, you fell in love? Uh, yes. I like so much. It was very new world, very interesting. And... Uh, I, I always say that I was very lucky because I was in love of this world, no? And at the end, in 1985, Jesus Anadon proposed to my father why he, he was close to retire. And he proposed to my father why I am not the next uh, general manager of the company, why because he he saw that I like so much and I am was very interesting. And then my father told him that yes, it's okay. So this is the beginning of the of my history in Vega Sicilia, no? Yeah, and you've now been there well since since nineteen eighty two. So you know, over forty eighty three. So forty years this year really. Yes. Yeah. You see, many years, <laughs> all your life. All your life. No, but a very successful life. You know, I mean, you've said that Vega was already famous. It was an institution. But you were a young man and you decided to make, make changes. Just tell us what changes you made in the vineyard and also in the winery. I mean, you, you were changing an icon in a way. Yes, well, in the beginning, uh, we traveled so much, visiting many, many wineries, mainly in France, no? Some in Spain, but uh, mainly in France, US. I went in 1983. I went with Anadon to, to Napa. Was, Napa was small yet. But, uh, and then after that, at the end, uh, I think that the wineries must be in permanent evolution. No? The vineyard today, the people know about the vineyard more than ever. Mm. No? And uh, so it was necessary to to work a lot in the vineyard. To we made the clonal selection. Uh, so 
I think that they, 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 they bring the, the big uh, patrimony of Vega Sicilia is the vineyard that we have more than 100 years ago. So you were learning very quickly because you were new to yes. wine, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. We learned. We, we had uh, obviously some mistakes, but it's normal, no? Yeah. With mistakes, or, or always you learn a little bit more. No? And, and, and you stopped using herbicides, didn't you? And, and, and chemicals generally yes. in the vineyard. Was that your decision? Yes. See, in, uh, in that moment, well, I don't know, in that moment, nobody speaks about the climate change, about the to be organic. Nobody speak about that, no? But I thought that was uh, common sense, don't use herbicides and chemical fertilizers, mm -hmm. no? And so we are, really, we are organic many years ago. We, we have not the certification, because we never thought to have, but really was, this is the, the beginning. I, I thought that was good for the vineyard, mm -hmm. nothing more. And, and what about in the bodega? What did you change in the bodega? Anything? The bodega world was, I put the first uh, stainless steel tanks mm. for the fermentation, no? for example, in uh, 1985 or 86. No? So it was uh, always changing things, improve the condition of the, of the winery. We put the climate control of the temperature inside. We renovate the, the fermentation tanks of oak, uh, many, many so big, things. So big, uh, big changes, yeah? Yes, yeah. big changes. Yeah. People who've never been there, I mean, it's a very beautiful place. Just tell us a little bit about where Vega is. It's in the so-called Golden Mile. Uh, just tell us a little bit about the terroir and, and, and where it is within Ribera del Duero. Well, we are, uh, we, well, we always are in the Golden Mile. <laughs> But the Golden Mile depends. Always in one stream of the Golden Mile is Vega Sicilia. The other stream sometimes is to the to the west and sometimes to the east, depending on the... But well, the, the vineyard of Vega Sicilia, I think that the, the more important in Vega Sicilia is the vineyard. Yeah. The vineyard, the soils, give the personality. And we have... Uh, vineyards that uh, the, uh, in the beginning nobody thought about that but like we are alone in this region during many many years you must think that from 1864 until 1927 that was found Protos we stay alone in the region that today is Rivera del Duero. It was the only bodega yeah? Only, only bodega. Yeah. There was some producers, but for themselves, no, not for commercialized. So those were sort of mazuelos, where people making wine for their own consumption. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So like nobody and nothing was here. Here we made the master selection. No, nobody thought about the master selection, but we made no. So at the end, I think that we have. A vineyard absolutely adapted after many, many years to our climate. And uh, because I think that one of the problems of Rivera del Duero, like was very successful, is that the people brought vineyards from Rioja, from different parts of Spain or nurseries in Spain, even in, in other countries in Italy. They bought vines, bought, yeah? 
yeah. tempranillo, yeah. Vines. Yeah. and uh, I think that the value of Vega Sicilia is the is the vineyard. Yeah. No? Yeah. I always remember one uh, thing that told me Jesus Anadon. Jesus Anadon told me, I don't know what is happened here, but something happened. It's magic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He say, I think that maybe is is the vineyard, no? But the vineyard is something unique, and I think that is the responsible that of the personality of our wines. And, and most of the vineyards, the best vineyards, face to the north, don't they? To the north. Yeah. See, everybody is looking for the south of orientation, yeah. and our best vineyard is in the north yeah. of orientation. Because yeah. no? it's cooler, right? In a hot in a hot part yes. of, of Ribera. Yeah. See, it's very, very cold region, very cold part. Always we have frost in May. Yeah. Uh, and even in September before the harvest, that I think I never heard another place in the world where there are frost before the harvest. Yeah, mm. yeah in September. Yeah. Somebody once described Vega as making wines that were closer to a fine Rioja in style than a classic, whatever a classic Ribera del Duero is. How would you just tell us about the styles of wine that you make? Because you use American oak and French oak, and just tell us about the three sort of levels of, of, of Vega, or the different wines you make in the bodega. Well, we historically, Vega Sicilia produced from many years ago, three wines. Before in the 19th century, even we produced brandy. Mm. Eloy Lecanda made brandy. He was famous but, for brandy, uh, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, But we historically produced three wines. Of four wines, Balbuena third, Balbuena fifth, Unico, and Unico Reserva Especial. We maintain uh, permanently these four wines until 1987, when we decide when we was preparing the new project of Alion, and then we decide to finish with Balbuena third and Vega Sicilia concentrating Balbuena Fifth and Unico yeah. and Reserva Especial. So it's three products, and Alion is a separate bodega, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it's another winery, and the idea of Alion was create a new style of wine in front of the classical wines that Vega Sicilia produced. This is the origin of Alion. No. And has the cha- has the style of Vega changed while you've been there? Do you say? I mean, you changed quite a bit in in the in the in the in the in the in the vineyard, but also in the winery too. Yeah. Yes, everything was changed in the winery. We we create our own cooperage. Mm. We produce the the American oak barrels. We renovate everything: the stainless steel tank, the wooden tanks. Uh, well, for me, always has been one obsession: the cleaning of the yeah. winery. You know, because always I saw very dirty wineries mm. in in all the world. Mm. No, historically, it was not very clean the wineries. No, and I think that I thought that was very important to maintain absolutely clean. I mean, would do, do you think the wines have less volatile acidity now, maybe, than they had in in the old days? Yes. Yeah. See, but there are. Uh, like you know, there are two 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 reasons for the volatile acidity. Mm. No, the first one is when you have one mistake in the fermentation, and another one is for the aging process of the wine. It's another kind of acidic volatile. Mm. 
it's the same it's acidic volatile no mm. but uh, but it's different that if you have one mistake because there are no one mistake is is developed because was aging long long time in oak yeah. wines yeah. no you Tempos Vega Sicilia, which is your wine division, you own wineries in other regions, and that was another one of your innovations. We've talked about Alion in Ribera, but you also own Pintia in Toro, Macan, obviously, in Rioja with Benjamin de, de Rothschild, or Benjamin, rather, de Rothschild from France, Oremus in Hungary, and now you have a new product uh, or project in Rias Baixas called Deva. What made you expand, as it were? Why did you go to these other places? Well, the first, the, the, the main reason is because in every winery we want to have or to produce the best wine as possible in every one. This is very easy to say, also easy to do, no? But for that reason, the production is very limited. It's limited. We cannot produce more in Vega Sicilia. We have no more, more uh, uh, parcel. We have more parcel, but the soils we consider don't are not perfect for the vineyard, no? So we cannot grow the production in the wineries in Alion again. So the only one way to expand is to create new wineries mm. in different parts of uh, of Spain. No? Yeah. Uh, so today we have six projects. We I tried twenty years ago to to work in uh, in uh, in Jerez, in Sherry. Ah. See, and we tried to buy uh, the one that we consider a very good winery that was the Maestro Sierra, mm. maybe. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah. That they produce historically very, very good wines, no? But he was one almacenista mm. in, in the beginning, but he, uh, Maestro Sierra passed away and then his, 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 Did, his wife... Didn't want to sell start to bottle the wines ah, and to sell, yeah. you know. And we we tried, but at the end was not possible to buy. So so we expand. We we create first uh, Alion, uh, second was Tokai, third Pintia, fourth the Macan with uh, with Benjamin de Rochil, and now the new project in, in and maybe in the future we will create a new project. Ah, where? Can you say? We don't know yeah. yet. But you nearly bought in Bordeaux once, didn't you? Claude Forte, you nearly bought? Yes. Well, many years ago, we we offered. The Claude Forte was sold, and they asked to us. And we we offered the same money that they asked to, for the winery. But was another man... Uh, first, uh, we was the second in the in the negotiation. <laughs> At the end, the first got it. That I think the name is Mister Cuvelier. Yeah, Cuvelier. Yeah. He brought he he bought uh, Cloforte. It's a pity because for me, well, at the end, France represents the wine culture. And... Yeah, and you love Burgundy as well, as well as Bordeaux. Yes, and you're, you're a big drinker. You're a collector as well of those wines. Yes. Well, you're not just a collector. Yes, you're a drinker of those wines. It's yes. more important. I, I like <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, today to buy in Burgundy is absolutely, the prices is, is impossible. You think it's impossible. You wouldn't buy. Too expensive. It's too expensive. Yeah. It's too, too much. It's impossible to pay 
10, 20, 30, 40, 50 million euros per hectare. Yeah, no? crazy. It's, yeah. it's crazy. You know? It's only for the very, very rich, yeah. the richest yeah. men in the world. Yeah. And, and you always own your own vineyards. Don't you? I mean, Elion, you buy some grapes sometimes? Uh, yes, Julian. Well, uh, we I put one one thing in our vineyard that we never use the grapes until the vineyard has eleven years old. Okay, yeah. Because we consider that from the third year that the vineyard start to produce until the ten, we consider that the the quality of the grape was not the best. This is your own grapes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, for that reason, Alion still is buying part of the production to some producer that many years ago we, we buy the vineyard. We control a little bit the vineyard, but uh, at the end, I think that nobody works the vineyard like that, yourself. Exactly. Like you yeah. And yourself. Yeah. It's like owning your own house. You always look after your own house better than somewhere you're staying on holiday. Yes. Yeah. So we have... In this moment, 650 hectares of vineyard in all the wineries. No? Yeah, that's a lot. So everyone has its own vineyard. It's, um, yeah. yeah. T -t Tell me a little bit about, I mean, Vega's very famous for aging well, as well as any wine in the world, really. What's the oldest Unico you, you, you've tasted? Do we know when 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 did Eloy Lacanda bottle the first Vega? Because a lot would have been sold in barrel in those days. We don't know... We don't know exactly when uh, was a start to the, the, the brand Vega Sicilia. I saw one bottle in one collector in Spain from 1898 vintage. And was it true? It, it was not a fake, right? Oh, no, no, yeah. it was true. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, this is the only, the oldest bottle that I saw. Mm. Uh, but we don't have papers or documents yeah. here. Where we can see when they start. And did did, did the did the guy with the eighteen ninety eight did he open it for you? No, no, no. <laughs> the oldest bottle. There are one big collector in in Brazil. Yeah. Uh, he lives in Rio de Janeiro, and he organized five years ago or six years ago one tasting of one hundred and ten wines from Vega Sicilia. Wow. He bought in the market. I, he didn't ask to ask for any any vintage, no. And uh, the oldest bottle was 1915. Okay. And well, I thought that the wine was died, no. Yeah. But incredible, the color was incredible. You can drink uh, perfectly. It's, it's very. And there was to the. The 15, the 20, 22, 27, so very old vintage that still was alive. Yeah, it, it's it's remarkable, isn't it? Yes, what, I don't know why. I mean, you know, no. as, as these wines have become very, you know, more and more expensive, and I think one of the first things you did was to, was to make the wine more expensive or to sell it at a prior price, there's more and more temptation for people to, to cheat and, and do counterfeits. How, how do you stop people doing that? How do you protect the brand in certain markets? Well, we historically we know to who we sell every bottle. Yeah. Every bottle has one number, yeah. and we can know if we find one bottle, we can know which was sale. Yeah. 
the bottle, no? So we try to follow every bottle that we find in the market. Now there are one system, I don't know the name, that is put in the bottle. It's like a chip or something, yeah? Yeah. yeah. And uh, that, But it's not, it's not very easy. We, we have uh, different, we found different copies of Vega Sicilia, one in New York, two or three in, in Spain, the last one in, in China. Mm. In China, we found one uh, five uh, bottles of uh, Balbuena, no único. So we try to control, but it's not very easy. Mm. Well, the bottle is personalized, no? The glass yeah. is difficult. It's not easy to make the, but we, we sometimes is depend on the price. At the end, the, the, the people maybe prefer to, to fake bottles of uh, famous wineries in France and the prices mm. is highest. But especially Burgundy, right? Yeah. 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 Burgundy, yeah no. T- tell me a little bit about what you do with the Primum Familiae Vini. It's a group of the first families of wine. I think there are a dozen prominent wine families. You're obviously one of them. Um, just tell us how difficult it is to keep wineries in the family. I mean, I know there was a dispute within your family at one point about keeping, you know, who was going to control the bodega. And how hard is it to keep a, a family winery going as a family winery? Very hard. Mm. <laughs> very, very hard. I always say that the, the the big problem of the family business is the family, yeah. not the business. <laughs> not the business. <laughs> not the business. <laughs> so it's really, really very, very hard, no? Because, well, at the end, there are one founder, that during the founder, everything is more or less okay. But nurse is coming the next generation. Maybe the more uh, dangerous is the third generation, no? Yeah. Because there are more members. There are, uh, like in all the families, the problems in all the families is the same mm. in the business. Is money or control or what, ego? Yes. Is the, If there are money, how much money is more difficult, is more hard, no? Yeah. There are... MB uh, uh, fights against the different parts of the families. The, the family criticizes so much to other part of the family that is all always is. So it's really very difficult. I uh, uh, the next generation that is coming now, I think is is a problem for the the, the person. Or the family member that we decide must continue yeah. in the wife. Because I mean, I, no? you're you're still very fit. You go to the gym every day, but you're you're 68, and you've always said you'll retire at 70. Um, who is going to take over? Will it be your eldest son, Pablo? Another Pablo? Uh, no, Pablo. Pablo knows the the wine. He's agriculture engineer. He always liked the wines because. To my sons, very early, I started to... Drinking Vega. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He worked in the wine in the wine business. But uh, my son, not for to be my son, must continue. Mm. He must, at the end, the family member who continue must be prepared. And, uh, and it's not easy. Sometimes I say to, to Pablo that if he... The big problem for him if he continue here, and somebody outside from the family decide mm. which one of the third generation is the the best 
Do you think that's what will happen? You'll have to get you have to have somebody outside the family decide. Yeah. Yes. Is uh, so we are in this process. I hope that in one year is uh, deciding. I will continue. I will retire from the executive diary yeah. work. Yeah, the day-to-day -day work. Yeah. Yes, but I will continue like president, and uh, I would like to continue like ambassador. Yeah. And well, I, you've got such a such a relationship with it, and so much knowledge of it, right? And to help, yeah. you know, because at the end, with the age, we are not getting better. Always, <laughs> this this is the the the, the nature. Yeah, no? I think you're right. Probably, I, I I never will be better in ten years than now. Yeah. <laughs> now better than 10 years ago so this is the unfortunately this is the, the natural no? yeah. and we cannot fight against yeah. that no? t tell us a little bit about what you like doing in your spare time because i know you travel a lot what four months a year probably you're on the road aren't you three three, three months okay so a little bit yeah. less but i mean what else do you like doing do you still go to the gym every day what 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 else do you like doing yes i try to maintain to keep I like to eat and to drink. So I I, I am 50% of my life in diet and 50% of my life. <laughs> <laughs> what, so you go away on a trip, you put on weight and you come back and you go on a diet? Yeah, so I, I must, I am going to the gym uh, every day or work at home and I try to, to maintain in the best I would like to pass away in the best condition is possible. No? <laughs> and also you have a young daughter who's 10 who keeps you young. She's still got an iPad and all that stuff, hasn't she? Yeah, I have. Uh, I am between uh, father and grandfather. <laughs> so I, I must take care of her and and keep my health for her. No? Just to yeah. stay with her. And you're also very interested in Japanese culture, aren't you? Yes, I traveled to when I discovered Japan the first time. I am traveling to Japan 30 years ago, and for me, it's very impressed the, the culture, no? The, the gardens, the culture, the Japanese gardens, the Japanese culture, and and I like so much. So I am sure that I will continue traveling because for me, there are people. Don't like travel and it's very tired for them. Yeah. You know? for but you me, love it. Yeah. I love yeah. travel. See, I'm, I, I am not tired to travel. No? I, I mean, I know you're a big music fan as well. Just tell us the story about the three tenors that you were given a bottle signed by the three tenors when you buy Pavarotti and, and, ah. and the others. <laughs> see, <laughs> one, time, one, yeah. one friend of mine sent me one bottle that he bought in, in San Francisco yeah. in, one, in one wine shop. was one empty bottle of 1999 Unico yeah. and was signed for the three uh, singers, no? The three tenors, yeah. <laughs> three tenors, yes. And, uh, well, when I was, I saw the bottle, I saw that the, the Pavarotti, when the 1999 was released, passed away before it was released. So. <laughs> Was impossible that Pavarotti signed the bottle, no? <laughs> so, so, the, so the the wine was real, but the signatures weren't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I suppose that's the question: is you should always beware when someone says they've signed a bottle. Check when they died, right? 
<laughs> Listen, Pablo, it's been fantastic talking to you. Thank you so much. It's amazing what you've done with Vega Cecilia in these 40 years. It was already very, very good, and you've taken it, I think everyone would agree, to a new level of, of, of greatness. It's been great talking to you. Thank you for sharing your history and the history of Vega Cecilia with us today. And I'll see you Thank soon. Thank you very much. Thank you very much to you, Tim. Fascinating to hear the backstory of such an extraordinary bodega and hats off to Pablo for the changes he's made over the years. Next week on Cork Talk, my guest is the biodynamic guru Alvaro Espinosa from Antial in Chile's Maipo Valley. Join me then. Thanks for listening to Cork Talk. If you want to read more reports, articles and tasting notes by me, go to my website, timatkin.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Tim Atkin and on Instagram at Tim Atkin MW. See you next week.